Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. Discussing chapter 10, Vibhuti Yoga, Yoga of Divine Glories. So we have so far seen in Bhagavad Gita who we are in our limited self. So first six chapters described who we are as limited beings. Chapter 1 was my doubt, my delusion, who I am. Chapter 2 gave me the paradigm shift about who I am, that I'm not this mortal being. What I see as me, my body, my intellect, are my instrument. The self is the one who is using this equipment to transact with this world outside. That I is immortal. Chapter 3 told us, knowing this, how to act in this world, the Karma Yoga. The art of action. How can I be the most efficient in my actions in this world? Chapter 3 said, if you are not anxious about the results of your actions, you'll be the most efficient in your actions. Your proficiency will sign out because you are not burdened by the anxiety about the fruits of action. Then chapter 4 says, having known how to act in this world, I need to renounce these actions in knowledge. That I'm not the doer. These actions are being performed by my senses, interacting with the sense objects outside. The self remains just as the enabler, not taking any part in it. Umpteen numbers of analogies we have used, electricity is the enabler for the light to shine through. But it's not shining itself, it's not doing anything. If the bulb does all the work. So chapter 4 says, in that knowledge that I'm not that agency, the doer, I should give up all my actions. Give up all my actions, give up the attachment to my actions. Then chapter 5 is the true renunciation, sannyasa yoga. Now knowing this, I am not the actor, I am not the agency, and I realize who I am, the self, I will renounce all that is happening in the limited self. I am just a witness, I am the sakshi chaitanya. But I'm not the actor. So I'm renouncing all my actions in that knowledge that I am that Satchitananda Sakshi Chaitanya. Having known all this, chapter 6 says, now you should be meditating on that self. The self we have described is not taking any part in any of this. It is not mortal, it is immortal. Ajaha, and therefore also Amara. It has no birth and therefore it has no death. We also learned that myself and yourself is not two different selves. Manifestation, same self, just as the one electricity pulsating through that light bulb and this light bulb, the one and the same electricity with Dominion Virginia power provides in this office. But 
two light bulbs of very different manifestation. Next door is LED. These are fluorescent. They look very different. So it's a focus on the source which is enabling you to do what you are doing, making you who you are. Without that, there is no existence for you. Nil but cannot exist after I die. After the consciousness is gone, this limited entity has no existence whatsoever. So meditate on that self. Now, how to meditate on that self? Chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10 give us that. Chapter 7 to 12 give us the identity of the self which you can meditate upon in your day-to-day life. So 7 gave us the lower prakriti of the Lord. Lord is almighty, all-pervading, omniscient, all religions is that. So chapter 7 says, at the lower prakriti, he is everything that I see, touch and feel. Through my perception, the world which I experience is nothing but his manifestation. Astada prakriti, bhumi, apa, anula, kam, vayu, mana, buddhi, ahankar. That makes eightfold prakriti. So normally our world, well, the five great elements are the manifestation of prakriti. But when we include the mind, intellect, and ahankar, that includes everything that we know. A world of our experiences, world which we see as physical world, all a part of that lower prakriti we want. Chapter 8 said, other than that unmanifest prakriti, in prakriti, things are unmanifest, come into existence, and then becomes unmanifest again. I was not manifest before my birth. I am now manifest as me since my birth. After my death, I'll be unmanifest again. So in prakriti, there are two aspects of prakriti. One is manifest, one is unmanifest. Somebody asked one sculptor, how did you create this beautiful sculpture out of this marble. He said, all I did is I took the unnecessary parts out. (laughs) That's all I did. So, once I recognize that there is something beyond this unmanifest, Bhagavan said, that's this essence, that's the substratum of the manifest world, and that's the Purusha, who always remain unmanifest. We will never be able to catch it through our senses, through our mind, through our intellect. So chapter 8 gave us the definition of that unmanifest Purusha. Chapter 9, we made this discovery of what makes me unhappy and what makes me happy. The royal secret is my happiness lies in that self because the very nature of the self is Satchit and Ananda. Very nature of myself is ever existing sat, all knowing chitta, and ever blissful ananda. But I'm not experiencing any of that. And Bhagavan said, because it's a royal secret, the secret of all secrets. Knowing fully well who you are, you're not experiencing yourself. That is because of my ignorance that I put my happiness into this world of limitedness. I'm seeking my existence in the world of limited world. I'm seeking knowledge in this limited world. I'm seeking happiness in this limited world through my limited senses. Once I recognize that my happiness lies in recognizing myself, it will be very simple. I always knew who I am. 
because every thought that I have starts with I. Every morning when I wake up, the very first thought is I woke up. I had a night sleep. It all starts with I. So that I cannot be away from me, but I just need to recognize it. So the chapter 10 is now Vibhuti Yoga. How to recognize the glories of this great self, which is all-pervading, but still very elusive to me. So Bhagavan says that now that you have been listening very carefully, I am going to explain to you how to find this self in your day-to-day world. So that once you contemplate that aspect of the divine, it will be very easy for you to meditate on the self. So first thing he said, one who knows me is the ajam and anadi. One who knows me in the verse 3, he said, yomam ajam anadim chavetti loka maheshwaram. Very simple paradigm here is, right now I think I myself is mortal. I was born and I will die. That because that I has associated the body which dies, the body which has taken birth. If I remove that association, then what remains as I is ajam anadim. That's without any birth and without any death. There is no beginning and therefore there is no end. Loka Maheshwaram is the Lord of all the being and all the world. The Lord of my waking world is I the consciousness, I who knows I am awake, is the Lord of my waking world. Without I am being aware of that, my waking world does not exist. Lord of my dream world is also I am the dreamer. I am conscious about my dream. Therefore, when I wake up in a twilight in between, I know I am in between. I know what the dream is, I also know what my real waking world is. But then I sleep into that dream again. I am the Lord of both my world, the waking and the dream. In a deep sleep, I am absent. I am not aware of who I am. I does not exist and therefore no identification. But when I wake up, I know I had good sleep or I had not good sleep. How did you know that? It's because you were present even during your deep sleep. So you experience your deep sleep. So all my lokas... I am the Lord of my, all my experiences. My world is my world of my experiences. In this world of mortals, the world we live in is called Mrityalok. Everything has its expiry date. No matter how long it is, our sun has an expiry date. When all the hydrogen in that will deplete it, it will be a dead star. It is a death. It may be in comparison to my existence, may be infinite, but still has. Therefore, it's a martiloka. Sarva papehi pramuchyate. He will be liberated from all sins. And we have defined sin. Sin is that negative, wrong impression on my mind which does not allow me to identify with my own self. That deludes me who I am is the sin. If I can remove all the sins, in other words, all the negative impressions, then I will recognize myself. And Bhagavan says, one who recognizes himself as that ajam anadi, 
he will be liberated from all the sins with all the identifications which I have. My identifications are pulling me down. First I was just Neil, then I became husband Neil, then I became father Neil, then I became grandfather Neil. These identifications are tying me down. People ask me, when are you going to retire? I say, never. Why? I have all this sansara to purport. If I was just Neil when I was 18, I would have retired a long time ago. But my sansara is tying me down. Swami used to say in his last days, he said, you guys need to leave me alone. My Lord is calling me. My Narayan is calling me. Because Swami just said, next year when you come here, he said, next year you invite the Dhirananda and Swarupananda and Chidharanda, leave me alone, you know. My Narayan is calling me now. Because even that becomes attachment. Meena used to tell Swamiji, Swamiji, if you don't come to my house and if I die, then I have to come back again. He said, no, 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 I have to come back again if I don't come to your house. So I will come to your house. And he did. He called up from San Diego and said, tell Nilkant and Meena I'm coming to Northern Virginia and I'll be coming to their house. How far is their house? I said, Swamiji, my house is not that far. So then we picked him up from Dallas Airport took him to Northern Virginia where we were living. Then he wrote, that's so near a house of yours, you know, <laughs> because it, it's quite a distance from Dallas Airport to Burke, Virginia. But he made sure, you have a desire for me to come to your house, I'll come to your house. So any attachment which is unfulfilled will tie me down to this world of beings. The Bhagavan said, one who knows me is unattached. And the master, the lord of this world, he will know my essence. And now, the next three verses, he makes an attempt to tell us that both the material and efficient cause for this world is nothing but him. In science, we know that everything we see in this universe came out of nothing but that one singularity which existed before Big Bang. So there is no question, you can make a very intellectual inference that anything I see in this universe, including this table, this chair, planets, stars, are part of that singularity, came out of that. But then we only associate that to the physical world. I say, no, no, me, no, no, myself, intelligent being something different. But the intelligent life also came out of nothing but that singularity. We think we are the only ones. But in reality, there cannot be anything outside the singularity. And if I think it's something is outside singularity, singularity is not a singularity. It is one of the plurality. As long as I accept the existence of singularity, I have to accept that there is nothing outside that singularity can exist. If I accept the fact that the Lord alone existed before the creation of this world, then nothing in this world can exist outside the Lord's existence. Because he did not have any other material to create this universe other than his own self. His desire to create this world is the efficient cause using his own self as the material created this universe. So Bhagavan says, Buddhihi Gnanam Asammoha Kshama Satyam Damaha Shamaha. 
सुखम दुखम भाव अभाव भयम च अभयम एवच लॉन्ग लिस्ट ऑफ द मूड्स ऑफ माय माइंड बुद्धि इंटेलेक्ट व्हेन आई एम वेरी शार्प एंड ब्राइट आई फील आई एम वेरी इंटेलिजेंट व्हेन आई कैन फिगर आउट समथिंग आई एम डम ज्ञानम नॉलेज व्हेन आई नो सम असमोह व्हेन आई एम वेरी क्लियर आई एम नॉट डिलीवरेड आई नो इट इज संडे टुडे इन इट्स डे आई एम वेरी क्लियर आई एम नॉट कंफ्यूज्ड I used to travel a lot in my last job, and sometimes in a hotel room, I'll wake up and say, "Which city I am in? Oh, yeah, I'm in Toronto." That because I have so much travel, hotel rooms are all same in the end. When I wake up, I have to remember which hotel I'm in. That's a moha. But now that also moha, shama, forgiveness, compassion I have for the world, satyam, truth. I know the reality, what it is. i can state it this is richmond we are in hendrico county just had election didn't come out as we planned but it's reality president elect mr trump he is our president damaha is the control at the physical level there are two ways you control your actions one is shamaha before my thoughts get out of control i start thinking about something and i really need to kill that guy you know i really i can't tolerate it as a no no neil that's against law that's not get into it you can be in trouble so that's shamaha i control my mental agitations in damaha even my mental agitations are out of control when it comes to physically act out i said no that's not really a right thing to do i feel like slapping you but i said well not a good idea You're six feet four inch tall. I'm only five four. There's a one foot difference here. Let's be clear about this. Dama, sukham dukham. I experience sukham. I also experience dukham. Last time somebody asked me why unhappiness. Well, one only exists. Other is just absence of the other. Sukha is nothing but the absence of dukha only. Once I remove dukha, what I experience is sukha. even if there is a one dukha in my life it is very difficult for me to experience sukha everybody think everything is going great for you neil only neil knows bhava abhava to be or not to be to be means i know i exist and abhava no existence even that i'm very aware that i exist now but i did not exist before i will not exist after my death bhava bhava bhayam evacha and also the fear and fearlessness and in the end it's a cha and and all the other mental moods are from me so ahinsa samata tustihi tapah danam yasho yasah it continues that my sense of non-injury equanimity samata tustihi contentment tapaha my austerity my my disciplines what i practice danam charities yasa ayasa fame and infamy bhavanti bhava bhutana matta eva prithak vidaha this various moods of mind occur in the beings from me alone when do i feel i'm happy or unhappy when i'm alive when as long as i'm conscious about it when i'm not a chloroform i have a couple of surgeries and i understand what it means 
you are not aware of what's happening. One surgery, I was very awake, unfortunately, with eye surgery. And they actually keep talking. I said, don't talk to me. I can't respond to you. <laughs> and the doctor keep giving me ring commentary and ask me, how. I said, look, all I see is a bright light in my eyes. So please, do your job and get out of here. The dentist and I know the eye doctor. It really drives me crazy, you know. And he's dealing, and I'm, I'm just trying to control the uncomfort. And he's trying to so Neil, what about? Are you sure that I'm going to respond to you? <laughs> but I experience it as long as I'm alive, as long as I'm conscious. When I'm unconscious, there is no bhava. All these moods of my mind, Bhagwan said, I am the efficient cause and the material cause of them. Your world exists because of the moods of your mind. I may be very happy in the world outside, may be very unhappy. World may be very happy, I'm, I'm unhappy because of my microclimate in my mind. But once say it's all because of me. All these different worlds which exist for all the different beings in this universe are because of me alone. So what we have done here is we have included the world of my mind in the world of my existence. So the last verse, which out of this three, really bind this together. And so why that is, see, Maharsaya Saptaha Purve, Chattvaraha Manavatata, Madhbhava Manasa Jata, Esam Loka Imaha Prajaha. So now, the history of creation. Those who are interested in creation. Bhagavan said that all this creation came out of my mind only. So in the beginning, Maharsayas Saptaha, seven rishis. And obviously Puranas have all the names starting from Brugu to Kashyap. But what it really means, you know, philosophically is there are the seven entities which are the ancients, are the basic ingredients of this universe. Five Tanmatras, five primordial elements. Tanmatras we have learned in Tatubhut. The five elements, Bhumi, Apa, Anula, Kamvayu, before the grossification. In the grossification, Panchikarana. One element, half of this element, joins in the one-eighth of the other four, makes it one of the gross element. In the primordial stage, there are pristine five elements in Mahat, which is the universal intellect. My intellect, your intellect, her intellect, everyone's intellect when put together in the universe, universal intellect. So when we go to make any presentation, we'll say, in this room you have 200 years of experience. We add up about six people, everyone had about 40, 50 years of experience. That doesn't mean that we have the same experience. So Bhagavan said when all the intellect put together, Mahat, the five tanmatra, mahat is the intellect, but then there is one thing really called ahankar. I need the identification, ahamkar through ahankar. That Bhagwan, when he said, I am the creator, and he created this world, this world comes into being. So that's the primordial seven which starts this universe. 
Then he said, Purve Chattvaraha, in ancient four. There's the four sons of Brahmaji, as per Purana. Brahmaji first created these four sons. They are called ever young Kumara, ever green Kumara. They never age. And out of them came the rest of the Praja. Those four Kumaras are nothing but the four aspects of my mind, my thinking entity. Mana, Buddhi, Chitta and Ahankara. They remain ever young. Mind, intellect, chitta. That which thinking is entity. An ahankara. I do. I am the thinker. Those four are the ever young kumaras at the samasti level, at the vyasti level, at the microcosm. This four creates my world of experiences. And manavaha tatha. And the manus. Manus are supposed to be the ancestor of all human race, and they are the ones who gave, in our case, the code of conduct, Manusmurti, which became in British time Hindu law. So I say, Bhagwan said, all of that Madhava, Manasa, Jata, they are created out of my mind only. Esam Loka Imaha Prajaha, and so are all this Praja came out of that. So now connecting all that, Bhagwan said, I am the efficient cause and the material cause for this entire universe. All your experiences, all your worlds, your world as imam, your world as a father, your world as an emperor, all that is from my mind alone. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om